0: Hey friends, welcome to Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is Kim. And this is Carmen. And we basically solve all the world's problems here on the podcast. Just kidding. We talk about holistic healing.
1: We explore ways to change our thinking um, and the mind-body connection to stimulate healing in our body.
0: So you know, all that mind-body-soul stuff. Yep, that's what we talk about each week. So thanks for joining us. Let's get started.
2: Hey friends, welcome back to the Thrive and Align Healing Podcast. This is episode 41 and this week we have a special guest. We have Miss Amanda Rook. She's one of my good friends, but she is also an amazing pelvic floor physical therapist and she's the owner of Pelvic Care Physical Therapy. And today she's just going to enlighten us in this world, this very magical world that's been pretty life-changing for me. So I think it's um, it's a world that a lot more women need to be aware
0: of.
3: Um, Welcome, Amanda. Thank you, Kim. So I am Amanda Rook. And like Kim said, I am a physical therapist. Um, I I specialize in pelvic floor physical therapy. So uh, that's basically physical therapy that's treating bowel, bladder, and sexual dysfunction. So um, the pelvic floor is a set of muscles that goes from your pubic bone in the front to your tailbone in the back. And um, these muscles, like Kim said, are pretty darn magical. They do a lot of functions, but they help with continence. They help you to like not pee and poop when you don't want to pee and poop. And then yes, pee and poop when you do want to pee and poop. Um, They help you have an awesome sex life. Um, They help your uh, blood circulate through that area of your body. Um, They help support all of your pelvic organs and hold up your rectum and your bladder. And if you're a lady, your uterus. Um, So I'm sure I left out a a couple functions there, but they are pretty magical. And um, specifically, I wanted to talk today about just like shattering misconceptions about pelvic health, because I think that, so basically myth busting. I think that a lot of people assume, um, if they think about pelvic floor, the pelvic floor, or pelvic floor physical therapy at all, they assume like that's for pregnant ladies. Um, that's for, you know, and so it's a small subsection of the population that they think that this stuff is relevant for. Um, and it is very helpful, um, to have some really great pelvic floor physical therapy in the pregnancy, you know, when you're pregnant or in the postpartum period, um, or people assume like, well, probably only old ladies need that. Um, and also a myth. So pelvic floor physical therapy is great, um, for, you know, women over the age of 65, um, because there are some really after menopause, there are some age related changes that happen in the pelvic floor area, mainly associated with like estrogen um, reduction um, that pelvic floor physical therapy can really help with. But again, this is just one of the many populations of people that um, that pelvic floor physical therapy can can really help. So that's, that's my overview. Um, so yeah, I, I especially wanted to touch on um, three, three main myths. Um, so the idea that pelvic floor PT is just for women who've had kids, um, the idea that men don't have pelvic floor issues, um, that's a myth, and the idea that um, Kegels are the answer for every pelvic floor problem. Um, so, and there's other ones we can talk about too, if you guys want to, want to discuss more, um, Kim and Carmen, is is there one of those that you guys especially want to start with, or I can pick?
1: Well, uh, real quick, I was hoping maybe you could tell us a little bit about sort of like your average client, like who are the types of folks that, uh, that you serve?
3: For sure, Carmen. Yeah. And yeah. that'll
1: help us maybe lead into a little bit. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, I own pelvic care physical therapy and I'm sort of what you would call a boutique practice. So I'm, I'm a, I'm, that's a fancy way of saying like I'm a very tiny little medical practice um, or physical therapy practice. So I have designed um, my, my physical therapy practice to, to serve clients one-on-one. Um, and so uh, I try to let each client have an hour with the doctor of physical therapy who is me. Um, and so that structure lends itself really well I think to working with clients who need kind of an extra want an extra degree of privacy so I'm especially aiming to serve um, people who maybe have had trauma um, or just um, would like uh, I guess really focused one-on-one attention so I really um most of my clients, I think I, it's not like I have a specific, specific niche of like a specific condition that I treat. Um, but I guess I could say recently I've been working a lot with um, with bowel issues, especially constipation. I'm getting pretty um, excited uh, about all of that knowledge. Um, so I like to treat colorectal issues. Um, I also like to treat. Um, fitness athletes that are having pelvic floor conditions, whether they be like prolapse or incontinence. Um, I started doing CrossFit in the past uh, six months because I was like, I identified as a yoga person and I wanted to learn more about um, plyometrics and and weightlifting and stuff so that I could help my clients more um, and really understand like what those movements entailed. So anyways, fitness athletes colorectal issues. Um, and yeah, I, I treat a lot of, um, incontinence. I do treat like pregnancy and postpartum. Um, yeah. So. Perfect. Um, what
1: about, so you mentioned Kegels and that that isn't the only one I think a lot of us have heard of Kegels and maybe whether they're familiar with it or not, especially as women, but, um, how about you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Yeah, so Kegels are basically, it's another word for pelvic floor contraction. They got named that way because um, I think his name was Alfred Kegel or Adolf Kegel or something. Anyways, he was just the first one that started talking about doing doing pelvic floor contractions. Um, But basically, a Kegel is uh, one cue that we use is to imagine that you are peeing and you're trying to stop the flow of urine. Um, or that you are in a crowded elevator and you feel like you need to fart and you try to stop it. So um, of course, when I think about Kegels, I'm like, well, those two cues were actually for really different muscle contractions. One was for a squeeze around the urethra, one was for a squeeze around the anus. So there's lots of different ways to do Kegels. Um, You can squeeze around your urethra if you have a vagina, your vagina. Um, and your anus separately. Um, You also can squeeze the superficial pelvic floor muscles separate from the deep pelvic floor muscles. Um, And it's really important to know not just how to squeeze but also how to relax. And so um, I think that's the underserved um, component of of a Kegel or pelvic floor contraction is people think oh, I need, to, um, I need to strengthen my pelvic floor, that'll solve all my problems. And for many people, that is what they need. But for a larger population of people, they need a combination or perhaps a sequence of first focusing on down training or relaxing the pelvic floor and then strengthening. Or maybe they just need a lot of, of that down and relaxation um, because maybe they have pelvic pain or constipation or difficulty emptying their bladder Um, so, so yeah, Kegels are awesome and magical, but definitely nuanced and, um, complicated. And a lot of people when they're doing Kegels, they, they think they're doing a Kegel, but actually they're doing something really different. They might be like pooching, excuse me. They might be like blowing their stomach out, like pooching their stomach out and sort of doing what we would call a Valsalva, which is actually can be really not great for the pelvic floor and the pelvic organs. Or they might think that they're squeezing and actually be like squeezing their thighs together or squeezing their butt, but they're not actually squeezing their pelvic floor. Um, So there's a myth
2: out there, I think, um, because this isn't this isn't talked about a lot. So there's a you know like the education around it is pretty minimal in my experience. And so there's this idea that if you, for women, I think in two groups, like you've either had a baby, so you're going to suffer from this stuff, like incontinence and stuff, or the other part is there's something like wrong with your vagina or you're too loose if you haven't had a baby and that's why you suffer from incontinence. And so then the idea is like, oh, well, I'm too quote unquote loose. I just need to do Kegels to fix all this. And, and I think that that's what a lot of people believe.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I think that concept of having like um, a loose vagina is, is very damaging and like, uh, you know, part of our sort of messed up patriarchal culture. <laughs> Sorry if I'm using the word <laughs> patriarchal is. I don't know if that's acceptable or not but you know it's it's part of our um cultural uh sort of narrative that's going on that you have to have a quote unquote tight vagina um to have a well functioning vagina and that's just really the whole conception is is false because I always tell people first of all um your vaginal canal is you know, when we look at anatomy diagrams, they always show it like this tube, like a, like a cylinder, like a, like a toilet paper roll, you know, just going straight up. But actually um, the vaginal walls are very um, adaptive, like they, they can squeeze in and they can come, they can expand out. So really um, the vagina is kind of more like a pocket or um it's kind of like a wine glass inside. So like when I am doing internal myofascial release or doing like some, you know, the fancy word I use is like digital biofeedback. But basically when I'm inserting my finger vaginally um, to be able to tell what someone is doing with their pelvic floor muscles, um, I'm not inserting a finger straight in. That would be the, the tube or the cylinder model. I actually insert and go to the side because the vagina is more like a wine glass, you know? Um, it has, it has rounded sides to it and they are uh, expansive. So yeah, this concept of having a loose vagina is, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, Now people can have changes to their internal anatomy, like to their structure um, that can happen. Like, let's say if they haven't had kids, if they've been straining a lot when they have bowel movements you know or um, if they've had a lot of pelvic or abdominal surgeries or if they've had radiation for cancer um, or if they have had children's the, the process of, of pregnancy and childbirth all of those things can cause changes that can cause the organs to shift they can sort of stretch the ligaments that are supporting the organs um, and they can sort of change the um, the resting structure of the vaginal walls so that um, there's maybe a little bit less stiffness at rest. But the thing is that um, the pelvic floor encircles the vagina and the urethra and the rectum um, and the pelvic floor musculature is sort of the part of the puzzle that we have the most conscious control of. So um, if, if somebody is having issues um, with, you know, maybe like prolapses where your ligaments maybe have lost some of their tensile integrity. Like they just, um, the ligaments aren't really tacking the organ in place as well anymore. But we, can, um, we can't really affect the ligaments with our conscious control, but we can affect the muscles and we can strengthen them. And so we can actually support the organs, you know, from the bottom up and sort of help the, um, the vaginal walls Become stiffer through that um, muscle bulk. Um, Or if you've had a lot of surgery, um, you know, people think about having being too loose, but actually, for an equal number of people, the issue is being too tight, um, is would be like a, a colloquial way to say it. So, if you've had radiation or you've had a ton of surgery resulting in a lot of scar tissue. Um, or maybe you just hold tension in your body. You know, a lot of the people that I see, they, um, they identify as like myself, like perfectionistic and like a little bit type A and, um, and that those, those personality traits kind of lend themselves to a lot of, um, motor activation in the body just all the time. Like I always tell people, if you tend to tense your shoulders, or squeeze your butt when you're stressed out, you may be squeezing your pelvic floor too. And that can create too much tension. Um, and so we also have conscious control over our ability to relax the pelvic floor muscles um, and sort of expand the, the vaginal wall or the rectal wall or whatever it is. Um, that's, that's maybe too, too tense and causing problems. Um, and then manual therapy can help with all that too so
2: yeah Yeah, I mean it's super interesting and I'm glad that we are talking about it right like I I'll um, I guess disclose that my man is my pelvic floor physical therapist and like that was like I was constantly pushing down on my pelvic floor just constantly because I am type a right and it's like growing up mom would never like she always like was like never sit on a toilet that's not yours, like hover. So ever since I was a kid, like I hovered and it's like, hurry up. So you hurry up and you push as hard as you can. So you can piss as fast as you can. Right. And so just getting into that motor pattern of constantly pushing down constantly like in weightlifting or in CrossFit, constantly pushing down on that pelvic floor, which was always causing like for double unders. So all my CrossFitters out there will know like double unders and, sometimes box jumps for women. This is constantly like not able to control my bladder. And it was really helpful when I started going to Amanda and she was like, wait, we gotta learn how to like relax.
3: Yeah, which is really hard, like easier said than done. If you are, you know, type A, it's uh, it takes practice. It takes practice to relax. And sometimes with a lot of my clients, like the first session I give them belly breathing and that's, and then like applied belly breathing, like they do it as an exercise. And then, um, and belly breathing is is like diaphragm breathing. It's a way to use your breath with a deep inhale to apply some pressure to your pelvic floor and get a little bit of stretch and relaxation in your pelvic floor. But I'll apply it as an exercise and then I'll also ask them to apply it to their their toileting habits or maybe their lifting habits um, and fitness habits. And, um, you know, I'll be like, this seems like I'm not giving you anything and you may like pass it off and be like, whatever, this lady's crazy. I went to her for physical therapy and she gave me some weird breathing exercises. Um, But this is gonna be the hardest exercise you ever do in your life if you are, um, if you've been practicing your whole life, holding your body tense and pushing to get things out um, or whatever, you know, the patterns may be for that person. So, so yeah, a lot of it is in the technical jargon, we call it like motor patterns or motor control, but it really is like how you live your life, like how you hold your body. And there is definitely so much, um, that comes from childhood. Like, um, a lot of it is how, how our parents taught us how to pee and poop, you know, um, really affects the rest of our lives, you know, and, um, So pediatric physical therapy that's another kind of myth about about the pelvic floor is that like well definitely that stuff wouldn't wouldn't apply to kids but actually there are um people that do pelvic floor physical therapy that work with children they don't do any internal work so that's really important to say because i think that's that's a that's a thing that needs to be really clear but um but yeah, a lot of kids that have like constipation um, or difficulty urinating or even pelvic pain in some cases um, they can be well served by having some pelvic floor physical therapy and man i don't do that i would love i would love to learn about that someday um that's like super super advanced skill set in my mind because you have to like somehow talk about peeing and pooping and have it be play oriented and have it have like amazing boundaries because you're working with the beautiful precious child and wanna teach them how to like, you know, know boundaries about their body. So anyways, but there are amazing uh, professionals that do that work and yeah. And I think that's really important because if things, a lot of people that have, let's say as an example, like constipation in childhood Um, If those issues aren't addressed then, then they may last, you know, for their whole lives and then they may end up straining with bowel movements for their whole lives and then they may end up having other issues like prolapse that results um, because of that, so.
1: Hi. Today we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about this book club that we've started here at Thrive and Aligned. Um, We started a book club for a couple of different reasons. We wanted to grow a tribe of like-minded people who are interested in personal development and growth to better understand your mind, body, and spirit relationships, um, to support our overall health and wellness so if you are somebody who loves to read books you want to be part of our community and you're eager to grow in mind body and spirit we encourage you to join our book club
0: so what do you get you get um, a box every month that's gonna have the book in it and some additional surprises that go along with a the theme for the month um, you have four gatherings So all four of them are virtual. Two of them have the option to be in person as well. So you get to get together as a community and talk about this book, what you're learning, questions, dive deeper, um, get Dr. Carmen's perspective from a physician, get my perspective as a life coach. Um, You're also gonna get access to the private Facebook group and um, just this community, this amazing community of people that are like-minded Learning, going deeper, and um, it's just, it has been amazing. And it's only $34 a month. So to register, you will go online to thriveandalignhealing.com. You will see up in the top menu book club. And remember that the registration is by the fifth of each month. So if you want to join for December, then you would have to register by November fifth right? If you're wanting January, then you have to register by December 5th. The fifth of every month is the registration deadline for the next month's book club. So once you register, um, it's a monthly subscription. You will receive your book in this fun box and all the gifts each month. Um, And it's just have a great time. So join us, thriveandalignhealing.com.
1: I'm excited that we're talking about this today and like sharing people another perspective because um, I see this often where people who um, have either had a uh, constipation their whole lives, right? Their mom had constipation, their sisters had were constipated, their whole household was. And so now they're as an adult, this is just part of their norm, right? And they don't um, realize that that isn't great for our body, right? Or even constant diarrhea. Um, I kind of, yeah, I see both of the, both sides of that, and I think that you know part of that is that um, we don't often talk about those functions <laughs> in, um, in the in the world, and so people know what they've learned when they were kids, right? Um, during potty training, during those you know intimate. Um, understandings of their body as they were growing up even through their teenage years and you know if it's what they've seen in their family and they're like oh well you know this is just normal or they're um I've also seen where folks have been to a ton of different specialists right they've Mm -hmm. had diarrhea for 15-20 years and they've been to tons of specialists and nobody can tell them what the problem is Mm -hmm. um and so they don't know that they have the opportunity to work on that bowl of muscles to be able to support um, the, you know, elimination process so that uh, they don't have to continue to be in that pattern, right? I mean, we always work it under the underlying root cause and addressing the microbiome and all of that. But oftentimes it's also um, that, those uh, mental and emotional cues that have been associated with that understanding of how they eliminate their bowels and their urine. And so, yeah, yes. thank you for, for sharing your perspective too, cause it's a little bit deeper um, and giving people some sort of um, options and some hands-on opportunity to understand, right? How they can uh, control and sort of use and build those muscles on a, on a conscious um, level versus just like, okay, this is part of my body, I guess, you know, I don't have control over that.
3: So. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Carmen, I love your perspective too. I mean, I, I, uh, I second everything you were saying like that, um, for so many people, because it's always been the norm for them or because it's kind of part of their family norm. Um, and what they, what they were taught was, was just normal. Um, they think, well, there's nothing I can do about it. It's peeing and pooping. Like people assume that that is a part of our life and, and sexual function, you know, like say if somebody has pain with sex, um, they're like, well, that's just an involuntary function of my body. That's nothing I can do about like only, you know, maybe surgery or, or, um, medicine drugs can, can help with that. Um, but so that's something, or I talk to a lot of women that are like, well, I've had I've had three kids. So of course I have this, you know, so they're just like, whatever. Um, and I'm like, well, it's great that you like, I'm all, I'm all about just like loving your body where it's at, but also like, do know if you ever did want to do something about it, like it would be, um, very worth trying, you know, if you, if you decided that you wanted to try to change it. Um, but then also, let's see, what else were you saying? Um, anyways, I just love everything you were saying. Oh, about like the biome. I love. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Yeah. So definitely like, like working on getting the gut biome to be optimal is, is huge. And Dr. Carmen, you probably, you know, a lot about that, that I would love to learn from you. Um, but also I think when people have seen just a million specialists and I, I, um, it can get saddening as a pelvic floor PT to see so many people who have been through so much in the medical system. Um, and, and it's not like they're going to see people that aren't at the top of their game or aren't doing a good job. Like all the people they've seen have really tried to apply whatever tools they have in their fields, you know, to help. But, um, but yeah, the, the neuromuscular and like musculoskeletal components are just a part, I think, again, because of our culture, our Western culture, um, focusing on surgery and drugs and really not focusing on, you know, mindfulness and, and the mind-body connection and um, and the, the physical, like muscular body, um, we just kind of historically have left, um the kind of the physical therapy side of things out um, and the like alternative or uh, complementary medicine side of things out. And those are so relevant when we're talking about bowel, bladder and sexual function because they are this, again, magical, really fascinating but sometimes really frustrating parts of our body that have a lot of involuntary components mixed in with the voluntary components. So there, is, there are parts that seem out of our control that are um, controlled by our autonomic nervous system. Um, so that means they just happen automatically. But for some people, they stop happening automatically, like all the reflexes involved in having an easy, carefree pee or poop, or um, sorry to like mention it all in one sentence, but like, or like have sex in a carefree, happy way when those things don't just happen easily without thinking about it, there are ways that we can intervene in the system, even with, um, you know, if you think about like the autonomic nervous system and sort of being on high alert for somebody that's had chronic pain or or maybe that has a lot of depression or anxiety or other kind of like psychosocial things going on that create a lot of tension in their body and maybe um, create, constipation or, or pain or difficulty emptying the bladder, we can use the breath to control, you know, to impact the autonomic, autonomic nervous system. We can use meditation, we can use um, like fitness, you know, we can use the diet, we can use all, all sorts of inputs can can help us uh, make changes with the, the involuntary processes of our body, so.
2: Well said, Amanda.
3: Yes.
1: So I think you just kind of touched on that, but I was going to ask if you have some sort of um, overall general advice for folks um, on ways to either support their pelvic floor or start paying attention to their pelvic floor. um, Yeah, that you could share with
3: us. Yes, that's such a great question. Dr. Carmen, I love your, yeah, that's a great question. Um, So, hmm, general advice. Okay, so the first thing I would say would just be if you do notice issues with um, leaking pee or poop, you know, having some incontinence, um, not being able to pee and poop when when you want to, or if you have any pain in your belly, in your, and in even back or hips or in your pelvic area, um, in your genital area, um, just know that those things are like medical issues. And, and sometimes uh, it seems hard to talk to somebody, like to it it's hard to go to your doctor and be like, Hey, doctor, I can't have sex right now because I don't know why, but it really hurts really bad when I try to have sex. Um, or I haven't had a bowel movement in five days and I'm really freaked out. You know, it's really hard to go to somebody and talk to them about it. Um, but just know that those things are common, but they're not technically medically normal and that there are things you can do about it. So, um, so that's the first thing I would say um, is, is go seek, you know, go seek medical help and, and know also uh, not to toot like the physical therapy horn too much, but we have direct access for physical therapy in the state of Oklahoma now. So you actually um, don't need a referral from your doctor to go to a PT. You will, you know, if your care exceeds 30 days, you'll need your PT to be talking to your, to your doctor or people on your medical team. But, um, so, so yeah, so go, go get help either from your primary care provider or a specialist or a physical therapist. Um, and then the second thing I would say is just, I think it's really important to understand that the pelvic floor, uh, which again is the muscles you squeeze when you're trying to stop urine or, or stop a fart, um those muscles are muscles like any other muscles so I always tell people just like when you're doing a bicep curl you wouldn't um, do a bicep curl only half of the range of motion you wouldn't do like a tiny little bicep curl with your elbow totally bent you would go all the way down and totally straighten your elbow so you would totally elongate the muscle and relax it and then you would totally squeeze it all the way to the top and we need to do that with our pelvic floor too so Um, If you're able to take a deep breath that fills your belly with air and then exhale and squeeze and lift your pelvic floor like you're trying to stop the flow of urine and then inhale and totally relax as you take a deep breath in, then that's great. Then you're probably already like really advanced in terms of pelvic floor skill. But if you try to do that, inhale, relax the pelvic floor, exhale, squeeze it. And you're like, I don't know if I'm squeezing or um, I'm kind of trying to squeeze, but it feels super duper weak or like all I feel is like my butt squeezing or my inner thighs squeezing. Um, or if you feel like you squeezed and it hurt or if you feel like you squeezed and um, you couldn't let go afterwards. Those would be like those are reason enough to go, go seek help, even if you're not having um, like medical, even if you're not having incontinence yet, even if you're not having uh, constipation yet or pain with sex or whatever, if you feel discoordinated in that area, um, I think it's worth having a wellness visit, you know, with, with the public for PT. And that's part of what I'm really excited about getting to do with my practice set up the way it is, is just like having a session with someone you want, you know, and just being like, hey, let's troubleshoot some issues with your bowel movements. Let's check out your motor patterns with your pelvic floor, your coordination, um, practice some some really good habits together in session in terms of being able to like have a good activation and relaxation of your pelvic floor apply it to your bowel movements if that's your concern and then and then you're at the door and you're just better you know you're be- you you have the knowledge you know so just um yeah so wellness visits are great so that's what i would say
1: perfect i love that so i'm definitely um from the perspective that prevention is always usually easier than trying to go after the fact. Exactly. And so as women, yeah, we always, um, because we hear about it a lot, I think a lot of women have that concern of prolapse or you know, if they're starting to experience incontinence. So to know that there's something um, available and something they can do that doesn't um, include surgery, I think it's a, an awesome um, uh, resource for folks. So,
3: I'm um, yeah, yes. very excited. Yeah, so, yeah. and it, it's like surgery is um really useful and helpful yeah. for some for some people um but you know, there's a there's a spectrum where there's kind of like a continuity where it's like like if you use prolapse as an example, so prolapse again is if um one of your pelvic organs has shifted, the ligaments have become a little bit lax and it and it's out of place. Um, so for women, it could be like your bladder coming into your vagina, um, and and it's, it's a hernia, basically it's like a vaginal hernia or for men, you can have rectal prolapse or, um, anybody could have some, some like perennial descent. So that area in between your urethra and your anus, um, kind of sticking lower than, than you'd like um but anyways with prolapse for lower grades of prolapse you know if there's less herniation um pelvic floor PT and other interventions are the first line of defense you know and and often a prolapse will correct itself on its own it's kind of like a um a disc um a a, a disc herniation you know if you have like like lumbar, low back problems, um, and, and you have a blown disc or whatever they say, or a herniated disc, um, often, uh, getting, getting stronger, getting some, um, really great motor patterns and, um, just maybe developing really great alignment, going to chiropractic, going to PT, getting some better nutrition, you know, all those things, it can actually correct itself, you know, on its own. And even if it maybe doesn't, doesn't Anatomically, perfectly correct itself when you look at it in, you know, an MRI, CT scan, X-ray, whatever. Um, you don't have functional problems anymore, so it's kind of a moot point, you know. Um, so, so yeah, surgery is is really necessary for some people, but um, there's so many other options and opportunities for intervention where you maybe won't won't need to have surgery. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's really good for people to, I think as a culture still, we're really expanding our mindset about medicine and health, you know, and have been for, for decades. But um, I, I feel like it's becoming more mainstream to think about complementary and alternative medicine and physical therapy and chiropractic and naturopathic medicine and, um, and, and the mental health side of, of things as health, you know. And um, I'm really glad for that because I think it helps us, you know, be healthier.
2: Yeah, for sure. So man, if people want to work with you, how do they, how do they reach
0: you?
3: Yeah, thanks for asking, Kim. Um, so I have a website, which is PelvicCare, www.pelviccare.org. Um, I'm on Instagram at PelvicCare, and I'm on Facebook as PelvicCarePT or you can look up public care, fiscal therapy. So I'm based in Norman, Oklahoma. Um, And you're always welcome to call or email or text me. I mean, my business line goes straight to my cell phone. So um, I always try to get back to people within a day, but yeah, calling or texting is great. My number is 405-240-9575. So, Yeah,
2: and I'll link link all that up in the notes, so people will have that.
3: Thank you. Yeah, and I'm I'm a cash-based practitioner so that I can spend that really focused one-on-one time with people, but also I love to be a resource to connect people with quality pelvic floor physical therapy throughout the state. So I'm a part of a Oklahoma Pelvic Health Alliance, um, which is kind of like a professional network for pelvic floor physical therapists in the state of Oklahoma. And so if people do come to me and it's, it's really important or necessary for them to use their insurance for their physical therapy, I can help connect them to another provider that I, that I know, um, will give them good care. So, yeah.
2: Well, thank you so much. Thank
3: you you guys. It was super fun talking with you. (laughs) All
2: right. Anything else, ladies?
1: I think, yeah. Thanks for joining us. It was very informative. Yeah.
3: Awesome! Thanks for all your questions. I was just—I was prepared to like just motor mouth, just like go for it. So I was like, "Oh, thank you, Kevin, for asking questions."
2: (laughs) All right, friends. We'll see you guys next week.
1: Hi, friends! Thank you for joining us this week on our podcast. Um, We appreciate any comments that you guys might have. Um, Please send us a review on iTunes. Um, We personally reply to all your comments, and we love to see what you guys are thinking. Um, If you'd like an update, an idea on our courses that we have to offer, please check out our website at thriveandalignedhealing.com.